Welcome back to another episode of Locked on NBA Draft. And my name is Richard Stamen. You probably know me a little bit better as at Mavs Draft on Twitter. Um, got a fun episode for you today. It's the lull of the offseason. Not even going to try and hide it, but you know, it's a downtime in the NBA. So I left it to the audience to ask some questions. I posted a Q&A uh, prompt and asked me anything about the NBA, whether it's draft, high school, NBA itself. So I'm going to get to those. I got a few qu- fun questions and just going to dive straight through that. Um, just going straight off these questions. So I'll just dive right into it right now. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So <clears throat> first question we got is from Zach at 627Zach. He said, in your eyes, what is Lamella Ball's ceiling? So for me, I have him as a top three point guard, probably top 15 player because of that in the league. He was my number three player in the draft this last, uh, I guess, in 2020 draft. But I think that's probably wrong at this point. There's a chance he could be number two. But I think at this, you know, it's only been one year. But he's got he's the front runner for the best player in the draft because you just won rookie of the year. Um, spectacular player. Very rare rookie that makes his teammates better. His jump shot is so much better than anyone ever expected to be year one. I think the upside is just ridiculously high for him. So I I really just see him as a one of the best young players. I think he's already a top five player under 25 at this point. I, I really don't think that's a crazy stretch in terms of upside, not current ability. But that ability, I think he's going to take a big jump next year. His volume wasn't anything crazy high. Um, for the year, I mean, he averaged, I'm pulling up his basketball reference page, but for the year, he averaged... 15.7 points per game. There's no way he's even close to done being done in that department and scoring. His playmaking will be high. He'll be flirting with a lot of triple doubles for a long time. So that's what I see of his ceiling. Top three point guard, top 15 player. Next question was uh, from Pelstan at Flurry Talks. He said, how do you feel about the lack of slander Dallas gets regarding surrounding Luka, especially missing out on this offseason? with DeRozan and Lowry in comparison to New Orleans, who arguably improved the roster way more than Dallas, but still had their offseason labeled as the worst in the NBA. So let me be the first to tell you, Dallas did not have a good offseason. The Mavs and their fans, uh, Mavs fans did not really like what they did this offseason, myself included. I mean, I, I thought they could have used their huge cap space better. I say that every year they do. They try in free agency. They think they have a chance to rolling the dice and getting a 12, when in reality they get like a three and a two. And Sure, Reggie Bullock is a nice player, but your best external signing should not be a middle-of-the-rotation player, and your best overall signing shouldn't be a middle-of-the-rotation player. So I I just have an issue with their two biggest signings being probably their fourth-best player and their seventh-sixth-best player. That's alarming to me um, off the top. And Sterling Brown's a nice pickup, but I mean, like, let's be real. They're bolstering the end of their bench more than actually improving their rotation. So I had some issues with that. Uh, and next question is from the Serve Up NBA podcast at the Serve Up. They ask Derek. Uh, they just want me to address Derek Fisher's Hall of Fame case. I guess uh, I can't do it because I don't think he has one. Hall of Fame should be a little bit more limited and not allowing every fringe player. Derek Fisher played on some really good teams, but he was not the reason those teams were good. He was just a really good complimentary point guard, not a Hall of Famer. Um, <clears throat> next one um, is asking. How do you see, and this is from Aaron Washington at a underscore a underscore Ron 25. 
How do you see the Magic backcourt rotation shaking out next season between Fultz, Suggs, Hampton, Harris, and MCW when healthy, and Cole Anthony? So let me just address first, Michael Carter-Williams really isn't in the mix. He's an energy three. He's like a small ball three, four at this point because he just has no point guard ability. We can't get to the rim, can't shoot. He's an energy guy. He's defense and rebounding. So I don't think he's in the equation. Gary Harris is someone who I see playing half the season and then he's traded, but he is really helpful to everybody else. He's a solid three that can play three and D really good shooter. Um, not much of a score elsewhere. Markel Fultz, I is going to miss part of the season. So that automatically gives you when everybody is healthy of those four, I think that leaves Fultz, Suggs, Hampton and Anthony. You can do a lot of three guard lineups. When one of them is sitting, you can put Fultz at point guard, Suggs at shooting guard, RJ Hampton at small forward. I've seen RJ Hampton. He has grown. The rumors are true. He, I mean, he's over 6'6", which I think is what he was listed as. He's at least 6'7". So he's gotten bigger. I think he can play small forward in the small ball lineups. I'm really intrigued by what um, what Jamal Mosley can do for this Magic roster. So when I come back, I'm going to take on some more college. I'm going to take more of the college and draft approach questions and but first, I'm going to talk about sweat block and indeed. Sweat block is, I talked about this last week. I used, uh, I, I recently started using their product and it is legit. Everything I say, I mean, I mean it. Like they, it stops the sweat, it stops the, the pit stains, all of it, all the ugly stuff that nobody likes to talk about. It stops it. It's one of the best selling products on Amazon for the past 10 years, has over 13,000 reviews, and it's manufactured in the USA. I mean, I again, I've used it. It lasts long. It works. It does the job. Go to go to sweatblock.com, get 20% off with promo code locked on, one word, or go to Amazon and CVS and you can find it as well over there. Next, uh, Indeed. So, did you know Indeed is number one source of hires in the U.S., according to Talent Nest? It also, Indeed, delivers one and a half times more hires than even internal referrals, also according to Talent Nest. And with Indeed Instant Match, over 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post. So get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on and get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked on indeed.com slash locked on offer valid through September 30th terms and conditions apply. So getting back into the Q and a next one comes from a very close uh, friend of mine, someone who I've been close with. I met through Reddit. Actually, he's a Knicks fan, but Florida state fan. So this is from Zach at Zipo one one seven. He asked how many Seminoles are going lottery? It's the trend. I mean, Scotty Barnes, Patrick Williams, Devin Vassell. We've seen Jonathan Isaac too in recent years. I mean, Florida State is becoming a factory of these high basketball IQ players. And I think next year they have two guys who are going to compete. It's Jalen Worley, who is a combo guard. I'm not going to say I know a ton about these guys, but I have seen very minimal entry-level information on them. And then also Matthew Cleveland, who is a 6'6 wing one of them is going to turn out very good and turn into a lottery player. That is my answer is one of those two guys. And it's not really that much of a debate. I think that those are the two candidates for Seminoles to be uh, going in the lottery. The next question is coming from a Mavs fan in Portugal. This year we had our first NBA player coming from our country and Nemi Escada. What do you think of him? 
And do you see him having the potential to have a nice career in the NBA? And that's from at Mavs Portugal. Um, I actually love what the Kings did. I absolutely loved their draft, thought they addressed the defense. I think Cato in the summer league showed he probably isn't as NBA ready as I kind of thought he would be. But give him another year and he could probably step into that Hassan Whiteside role where he is just being a backup big and doesn't have a ton of pressure, just needs to protect the rim, block shots, rebound, and do the job and, and score inside when De'Aaron Fox hits him with dump offs. So I really like Nemeus Keda. I think he can be a really nice backup big. I was lower on him than I should have been for most of the draft process, warmed up to him in the final week. And I really liked the pick. I think they picked him at 37th. Uh, assuming they kept the pick, I can't remember. It's been a month already and it's my brain is fried. But I'm pretty sure uh, they got him there, and I really do like the pick. Love how they address their defense. Huge fan of what the Kings did in the draft. Uh, next question is, favorite prospect in this upcoming draft? I'd be lying to you if I said it was anybody other than Jaden um, Hardy. Combo guard, 6'4", going to the G League. But uh, honestly, someone else who has been very fun for me to watch is Kendall Brown. Pretty good athlete. He's going to Baylor. I uh, can shoot, can rebound. I, he he looks like a prototypical wing at six eight, and and I mean Baylor's a great program, national title winners. There's a lot to like from him. Uh, next question is from Seth Lofton, kind of similar. Uh, I'm sorry, that was uh, that was from Seth Lofton at Seth Lofton for terribly sorry for not crediting him. Next question was from at Happy Piston Fan. And this is asking uh, what I who I think is the best mid major prospect, and I'm going to go with this is an unpopular one. Uh, because I know that there are other options I could go with. And sure, sue me on this. I'm going to go with Paul Scruggs. He's a fifth-year player, guard. I wish he had come out in the 2022, or excuse me, 2021 NBA draft. I lost track of my years. As you can tell, my brain is fried. Um, But I do think that Paul Scruggs is going to be someone who sticks. Despite his age, it's going to be an instant turnoff. I get it. But he is just a high basketball IQ. And I don't know if Xavier counts as mid-major. I should have probably thought of this before I started answering it. But I'm counting it because it's not one of the main power five schools. Um, I'm going with um, with Paul Scruggs just because high basketball IQ, defense, playmaking, shooting, it's all there. He's a modern guard. Um, I'm, I really struggled to find any other players. The only other one I could find off the top of my head. And and generally, let me just clarify, a lot of these guys, these mid-major players kind of don't happen gradually. It, it sometimes happens overnight. I mean, there's going to be guys who lead the conference in this, this, and this. And those are the guys who jump out. Most of these guys we really don't know about a year in advance. Obviously, you have some Fletcher McGee's, Marcus Howard's, where we really do know them. But most years, it's not that way. The other candidate I would have is uh, Rising Junior from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, Isaiah Crawford at Louisiana Tech. By no means is this a comparison, but his overall skill set is like a baby Kawhi Leonard. Huge fan of what he does. So I'm going to cut this into one more into one more little segment um, and then take the rest from here because I got 13 questions, got into most of these, but going to break this up real quick. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With all the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain parts auto store to stock all the parts you need. You often endure pointless or seemingly intimidating questions. Is your car this brand or or this style or that style? And you wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand in their warehouse that they happen to carry. But you have computers and access to rockauto.com and in your pocket, 
You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. You can save 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts compared to a chain store or car dealership. And Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers now for over 20 years. And their prices are reliably low for every single customer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us section so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Okay, welcome back to Locked On NBA Draft. Again, my name, Richard Stamen, as you also know me, at Mavs Draft on Twitter. Going to answer a couple more of these questions um, to close this out. So this is from at Taryn Francis. He says, thoughts on Bonchero and, and Duran. And now this is Paolo Bonchero of Duke and Jalen Duran, who I believe is going to Memphis now. Um, don't quote me on this. I'm, I'm having second thoughts of this. Yes. He's going to Memphis. He's 6'10 big. Personally, I'm not huge on Duran just yet. I think he needs to prove that he wasn't just bigger than everybody. I know he is skilled and he is a very talented player, but I do have general concerns about how much better he is than college competition. We've seen a lot of bigs, I think, are probably the easiest position to really dominate high school and then flop in college. Not saying it's going to happen to him, but he is definitely a candidate. I do think he probably still goes top 10. Like his talent as a big is, I mean, if Wiseman went top 10, I, I think Duran will be just fine. He's probably got a safer floor. Bonchero, on the other hand, could be a number one pick. 6'10", can handle the ball a little bit, can shoot. I mean, he is a complete package. 6'9", uh, excuse me. But the shooting consistency does need to come. His form isn't great. That's probably the biggest question mark for him is will he shoot? And he's playing on a stacked Duke team. If he can be the best player on arguably the best team in the country, he's going number one. Next question is definitely one of the interesting, most interesting questions. And I have and to completely clarify, I didn't clarify this at the beginning. I haven't prepared for these. This is my like one of the first times I've seen that I saw some of these as they came in. Didn't think of it, thought of knocking them out as I did it live, so some of these might be a little bit tough on me. But <clears throat> this one is from at Coach Sean Murph one. He asked top prospect for each category for 2022 NBA draft. Returning college player, uh, I'll go with Jaden Ivey of Purdue. It was a tough draw over Benedict Mathurin of Arizona. I think with the U19s that Ivy had, he's up there. Another guy who was right up there is Mike Miles from TCU. Great point guard. Um, with defense, high basketball IQ, shot creation, shooting ability, playmaking ability. He does everything on the basketball floor. Best international prospect is a completely tough question right now, but uh, I'll go with Yannick Nezosa, I think is how you say his name. If you want to learn more about him, I'm going to just be 100% honest. Go to my counterpart on Locked On NBA Draft. Follow at NBA Draft Junkies or Rafael Barlow. Either of them, he does NBA Draft Junkies, and he is all in on Yannick. I'm going with him. I trust him. He knows the international game better than anyone else outside of NBA draft NBA teams themselves. So I say Yannick is the best international player, best freshman. I mean, off, it's hard to say not Chet, but I mean, I think Chet does have some bustability. I'll go with Paolo Bonchero, if not him. And then best player from the G League or overtime elite. I don't know much about Scoot Henderson, um, so I'm not going to just pretend to talk about him. I don't know much about the overtime elite in general, 
But I do know a lot about Jaden Hardy, and I am all in on the guy. Best scorer in the class. He reminds me of Book Knight um, in terms of just general skill set, but a lot better, I think. And he's 6'4". You know how high I was on Book Knight if you follow me at all, and you're probably listening as you've seen my 2021 board. I had him fifth. I don't see a way I see that I get Jaden Hardy, unless he just tanks in the G League, that he's not in my top five, top three. I see he could maybe even go number one, just depending on how much the G League value goes up. If Jalen Green does great, it does wonders for Jaden Hardy. Best returner from college, um, or I'm sorry, fresh. Yeah, so international player was Yannick. Best freshman was either Chet or Paolo. Best G League player was Jaden Hardy. And best returning college player, I said Jaden Ivey. So that's my answer. Great question, Sean. Really appreciate it. And then um, next one is from at MIL1CA. There's probably a way to say that, but I don't know it. So he asks, why is Chet considered a lock to go number one when Paolo is better? Uh, And that is, again, talking about Paolo Bonchero. I'm not sold on Chet. I need to see his game translate. It's just, I, I know that if everything does click, he is like what people thought Porzingis could be. And of course, I'm a Mavs fan, so I've seen Porzingis and what he could be. But being a seven foot plus shot creator with shot blocking ability, and I mean, he's a good playmaker too. Don't let that be forgotten. I mean, that could be the best upside in the class. I mean, he's. He's like a more ready Poku in that regard if he is good and he hits and he's that number one pick. Now, there is a lot of risk to him. I just, again, I need to see everything fall and translate. And he's playing at Gonzaga. They'll have a tough out-of-conference schedule, as always, but an easier in-conference schedule. I do just want to see him making shots. That's probably the most important thing for me is, will he get and create the same looks he did at the high school level? And in the U19s and everything, will that all translate? And for a big, it's a little bit tougher. I'm just more skeptical generally on bigs. Um, I do think Paolo does have the better star upside to be reached just because, I mean, he can do so much at such a prime size of 6'9". So I really like that question. Um, I think that wraps it up. Let me double check. But um, Oh, and the last one. This is from close friend of mine, Matt Moderno, at Matt Moderno with two Ds. He said, thoughts on Zach Eady, Kudus Wahab, and Hunter Dickinson. So I'll start with Hunter as NBA prospects. Sorry, I did not finish that. But I think only Hunter Dickinson has NBA potential. Zach Eady is a kid at Purdue. He is tall, which is Purdue's forte. I don't think he's necessarily a pro just yet. Need to see a lot out of him. Personally, I haven't seen a ton of Kudus Wahabis at Georgetown. Um, He is athletic and a good finisher, but I'm not sure he's the best young prospect in the Big East. I really like Omar Rui, uh, who I believe is actually current Mav two-way prospect. Um, Eugene Omarui's brother, but Clifford or Cliff Omarui is really good, high energy, big at Rutgers. I think he could be, um, and, and I just realized actually they're not in the same conference if I said that, but similar geographically. And I really like him. Hunter Dickinson's probably the best NBA prospect, but he's a post score. I don't know if he's more than a second round prospect. So really appreciate all the questions that you guys sent. I'm definitely going to be doing this before the the draft and everything comes back next week i'm going to try and recap some of what is started in this offseason maybe talk a little bit mba as well just like some of the u16s things like that as i catch up on it but thank you so much for listening to another episode of locked on nba draft we continue throughout the week with the draft dummies tomorrow and 
Rafael Barlow, again, the best international uh, draft person on Twitter and just in general, best draft follow that you can have on Thursday again and then back on Monday. So thank you so much for listening. My name is Richard Salmon again at Mavs Draft and give us five stars. You know the deal. If you enjoyed the episode and, and don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions about anything I said, call me out if I said something dumb, anything like that. Thank you and have a great rest of your Tuesday.